we'd like to invite you to attend a very special virtual service interceding for God's best. We would love to have you join host Pastor Prince and our special guest, international speaker Jeremiah Smith, through Zoom this Friday, June 9th, 7.30 p.m. Ghana Africa Time, 2.30 p.m. Central Standard American Time. For the Zoom meeting ID and passcode for this very special event, please go to jeremiahsmithministries.podbean.com. That's jeremiahsmithministries.podbean.com. And go to the live services page for all the details. We look forward to seeing you there this Friday, and we hope you have a wonderful day. Welcome to Jeremiah Smith Ministries. A place where you can grow in God's Word. Well, let's get into the Bible today. We are talking about the Believer's Authority Part 6. We've done five messages. If you hadn't caught those last five messages, you can go back, check them out. I believe most of them are online there. Uh, if you want to watch uh, the videos, and the, you can also listen to the audios there. There should be about five messages. You can go and get caught up where we're at today and get a recap of kind of where we are uh today though we're getting into the sixth part of this so we've been talking about authority how it started in the garden of eden kind of worked our way now to uh jesus here and talking about how he has authority and how he he's giving that authority to us here on earth and you say well why is that important well you know we need to take authority over the enemy in our lives and take authority of his demonic spirits in our lives uh, so that we can rule and reign in this life praise the lord he gave us that authority uh, so that you don't have to be you know just being beat up every day by the enemy right you know the enemy loves to beat you up with all kinds of thoughts you know what are you going to do now or what, what, how are you going to handle this? Or, oh, you done it now. You know, he likes to throw all kinds of thoughts at you, you know, but you don't have to put up with the devil. You can tell him to get out of here in Jesus' name, taking our authority over the enemy. You know, he says, the Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Isn't that right? Well, we're going to get more into that, but we're going to get more into a little bit more here with Jesus here. And uh, let's go ahead and go into Matthew, the eighth chapter, the fifth verse. These are our opening scriptures here. Matthew 5, the eighth verse through the 13th verse. It says, And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. You know, if he's grievously tormented, he's got a serious situation here, right? He's 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 in a bad way. You know, you ever been tormented? You've been grievously tormented? You ever been in a bad way health-wise and you need someone else to help for you, stand in a gap for you? Well, that's this situation here, you know? And uh, this person standing in the gap for that person. Isn't that good? I like that about the the uh, the, the centurion here. In the sixth verse, says, saying, The Lord lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus saith unto him, I will come and heal him. Again, we point this out, but I don't think it can bear, you know, it's okay to repeat it over and over, you know, that God's will is to heal. He wouldn't have even offered to go heal this person if it wasn't important to him. In your situation, he's willing to come heal you, he's willing to come help you. He, he said, I will come and heal him. You know, didn't say, Well, give me a minute. He didn't say, well, I don't know, this This case is pretty, this might be too much, you know. I mean, he, look over, he looks over Gabriel and said, man, this looks like a bad situation. <laughs> no, he said he'll come and heal him. And he, of course, he was willing to do that. He's willing to help him in every situation there with healing. He, he's a God of healing, isn't he? And love. 
and he cares about your situation. The eighth verse says, and the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. You notice there that he has a lot of respect for Jesus. He says, I, I'm not worthy that you come under my roof. You know, he, he obviously honored him and respected him, you know. You know, and, and that's important, isn't it? When it comes to God, we honor and respect him. You know, he, he had respect for him. You know, and we have to have respect for Jesus too. He's the King of Kings. He's the Lord of Lords. And when he shows up at your house, you know, we need to have respect for him and the Father being there. Do you believe that? I believe it. We have to respect him and respect his time. The ninth verse is, For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, Go, and he goeth, and to another come, and he cometh, and to my servant do this, and he doeth it. And when Jesus heard it, he marveled. I love that. He, he marveled because of how he felt, you know, how he understood authority, you know, working in the, working in the, being a centurion and serving, you know, and if you served in the military today, you do, you understand that when a person, when the, uh, the captain says, go, you go, right? If you're under the captain or if the person over you says, do this, you do that. You don't question it. You just do it. If you have people questioning, you don't get things done. And so you learn to respect each other. It's for your protection too, you know, and we have to be that with the Lord. When the Lord says, do this, there's a reason he's telling you to do that. You know, it's for our safety. It's for our protection. You know, when he sometimes tells you to do stuff, you know, I'm, I'm reminded of uh, John G. Lake, you know, going around the mountain, you know, and he was driving in a car around the mountain and uh, the Lord told him, he said, get over into the, the other, the pass, the other lane, you know, which was the oncoming traffic lane. And uh, he said, get over into that lane. <laughs> and, you, of course, John G. Lake going around the mountain probably doesn't want to do that. But he felt like the Lord was telling him to do that. So he did that, and a vehicle was coming in his lane, and it protected him because he listened to the Lord. He would have got hit by that, may have gone off the mountain, could have killed him right there. But he, he submitted to what the Lord told him to do and got over in that lane. That took some faith, and it does take some faith to submit to God and what he tells you to do. You know, it takes some faith, you know, to step out of your comfort zone. It takes some faith. You know, if he says, hey, I want you to step out like he did to Abraham, you know, he said he, he, said he wanted to go to a place he'd never been before. It takes some faith, you know, but it's, it's honor and it's respect and it's, and it's submission to authority, right? Following him. It's important because it protects you. It's protecting your family, protects your health to do what God tells you to do, you know. When he tells you to do it, you know, he's got your good, he's got your good, you know, good heart. He's got a good heart for you in mind, good thoughts for you in mind. He doesn't want the evil. He's got good plans for you. He's not got evil and, you know, uh, thoughts for you. He, he wants good things for you. That's why he tells you to do things. He sees what comes ahead. He foresees it. And he wants to make sure that you're at the right place to keep you in a healthy place. Think about that today. You know, he, he gives you direction for that reason. And it's important to listen to him because he knows what's healthiest for you. So when Jesus heard it, he marveled. <laughs> he marveled. He said to them that followed him, Verily I said to you, I have not found so great faith. No, not in Israel. You know, he found faith and somebody said, hey, I'm going to do it. You know, somebody just believed him at his word. You would think everybody would do that. But he says, this is the only one that had that kind of great faith. He said, well, yeah, you know, he, he didn't question him. 
<laughs> I don't know about you. You ever been there? You got to, man, before, before I can do this, Lord, I've got this question. I got this question. I can, well, wait a minute. Now we go, I need you to answer. No, he, he, if he says to do it, that's when you do it, right? He knows that he has your, your protection in mind. He has your health in mind for your family and yourself, your finances in mind. He has all that in mind when he, he has you to do that. And so it's important that we submit like the centurion does to the word, you know, but you would think everybody would do that, <laughs> but that's not the case in most cases, you know, he has to persuade people, you know, he has to, he has to give you a little bit more and get you confirmed with the word 15 times, you know, but, but it's amazing how, you know, he has to do that with people and not just hearken to his word when he says it. That's why I believe he marveled here. You know, this person just did it just like that. Just did it when God told him to do it, you know? And I believe that's why he got such great results too. Let's look here real quick. He's in the 11th verse. He says, and I say unto you that many shall come from the east and west and shall sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into outer darkness and there shall be weeping and gashing of teeth. And Jesus saith unto the centurion, go thy way. And as thou hast believed so be it done unto thee. And his servant was healed in that self same hour. Did it say the centurion questioned him? <laughs> he said, I don't know, you know. Are you sure when I go over there it's going to be okay? You know, he didn't say, I'm, 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 what proof do you have here? You know, no, he, he had great faith. He just did what he told him to do, and the servant got healed. Think about that today. Where's your faith at today? <laughs> you know, when you read that, where's your faith at? Are you trying to have great faith? You know, are you working towards great faith? You know, people settle for so much less than they should, you know, in this life, you know, it's like, are you building your faith and increasing in faith? Or are you just staying right where you're at? You know, we're supposed to grow spiritually. We're supposed to increase spiritually. You know, if you don't, if you're not walking better in love this year than you did last year, then you probably need to check on your spiritual walk and how close you are with the father, right? You know, I mean, if you, if you're not, if you're not doing better and you're not growing more each year that you probably need to check out what's going on. You know, how close are you with the father? How much time are you spending with him? You know, that causes spiritual growth. The more you listen to him and you, you do what he tells you to do, it builds faith and you believe him for more. You can do more, you know, but if you're, you're not doing anything, you're not growing, you know, and we're supposed to be growing. So we made the point that Jesus calls this great faith. I don't know about you, but that's what I'm going for. You know, I want to have some great faith. I'd love to say I've arrived. <laughs> I'd love to say that I'm in that category. I've always got great faith. There's times I've listened, done just what he told me to do right away. And then there's times I haven't listened. And, and then, of course, I have to have it confirmed a few times, you know, then I do it, you know. But I want to get to that place where I have that great faith. I'm just doing it when he tells me to do it. Just do it, you know, trusting in him, trusting his voice, trusting the character of his voice and doing what he's telling me to do right then, you know. Maybe he says for you to love somebody when you don't want to love them, you know, and you say, I don't know about that today, you know, <laughs> right? Or maybe he says, forgive somebody when you don't want to forgive them. You say, I, I don't know about that right now. No, I'm learning to trust him and grow spiritually in faith, right? Every day. Maybe he's wanting you to believe for something big right now. He's trusting you to go to, I, like he did me one time, you know, having me go to Rama Bible school, you know, and I had to trust him all along that journey along the way, you know. But, you know, it's learning to listen to him over and over, you know, listening to his word. And so he gets you there and he provides for you. You know, you've got to hear his voice. 
And he said, my sheep know my voice. And you got to learn his voice, listen to his voice over and over to get where he wants you to go, right? And it takes it takes from spending time, when it comes from spending time with him, to get the direction that you need to have to have that great faith that you want to have in your life, you know? And that's what he's looking for. He wants you to have some great faith. You remember the disciples, you know, when the storm came and all this stuff hit, you know, and he's sleeping on his pillow. He's just peaceful, just resting there on his pillow. But then he gets up, you know, because they woke him up, you know, some reason this storm really bothered him, you know, with the water in the boat and whatnot. <laughs> but they get up, you know, and Jesus, or they wake Jesus up. Jesus gets up, stops the storm. But what's he say to him? He says, he asks them about, where's your faith? He says, where's your faith? He's been teaching them lessons all along the way, and he, but he cares about where you're at. And he wants to know that you're practicing it every day, working on it every day, working on your character every day, working on the things that he's having you work on every day. And work in your faith and growing in your faith. You know, that's not just believing God for things. You know, if, if you believe that you're supposed to walk in love, that's walking in faith. You know, you got to work on that, you know, or maybe you believe that, you know, you, you know, in some areas, you know, that you need to, you know, Love the love of the people that aren't even easy to love, you know. And you think, well, man, you know, you have to work in that all the time. You're not, you believe you're not supposed to be offended, then you, you got to work on that, you know. Faith works in all areas, you know, but we have to grow in every area, and so it's important, you know. If God tells you, you know, that you're to give over here, why didn't you give? <laughs> why didn't you? Why didn't you give to that person when they came by? What stopped you? You know, you may be the only one, and he's trusting you to provide for that person. You're supposed to be the conduit to help that person. You know, he he has vast resources. He'll get it to you again. But, you know, he's trusting you to help, you know, with each person that he leads you and guides you to be a blessing to. He's a good father, and he? and he wants to provide, and he provides through you if you let him provide through you. Who's he going to provide through if he doesn't provide through you? You know, he can use the sinner. He can use the world. But he likes to use saints, you know. He likes to use you because we're supposed to be the we're supposed to be the examples here of showing love with our giving, with our time, and and how we help people. You know, that's that's what our example is supposed to be: unconditional love, like Jesus. Is that right? Well, we, the recap of last week, uh, we we looked at the reason why Jesus wanted to get the authority, or we looked at the reason why Jesus wanted to get the authority back for us. And that's, that's in 1 John 3, 8. It says, he that committed sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning for the purpose. Notice what it says there. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifest. Did you, what was his purpose? Why did Jesus come? Did he come to die on the cross? Some would say that. Did he come to be risen again? Some would say that. Did he come to heal? Some would say that, you know. And so, did he come just to show us love and show us that to be kind to one another? No, he, this says right here what his purpose was. It says, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. The Darby translation says it like this. He that practices sin is of the devil, for, for from the beginning of the devil's sins to this end, the Son of God has been manifest that he might undo the works of the devil. So he his very purpose in life was to undo the works of the devil. What was the main work of the devil? It was taking Adam's authority, right? And so he came to fix that situation with Adam is what he did. So the main reason Jesus came to earth was to undo the works of the devil. We looked at some ways Jesus used his authority to teach us and how to use our authority. We saw how Jesus uses authority over Satan. 
We talked about how he used his authority to teach the authority and power, teach with authority and power. And uh, we saw the, him take authority over demonic spirits. We saw him to uh, use authority. We just talked about that on the weather, <laughs> even to stop the weather. You know, you don't have to let a tornado come tear your house down. You can talk to the weather, take authority over it. We even saw him use his authority with his words. And of course, he's Jesus, you know, so he used his authority with his word. He is the word, right? So we today we'll talk about how Jesus gave back our authority. Let's look over to 1 Corinthians, the second chapter, right? So he came to the earth to undo the works of the devil, and he came to give you authority. Give your authority back that was taken from uh, Adam there. You know, you say, well, why is that important? Well, you know, because he didn't expect you to be ruled over in life. He didn't, he didn't create you to be ruled over in life. Now, I'm not saying, you know, that, you know, when you're at work, you know, you go in there, you're the owner all of a sudden. <laughs> no, I'm talking about spiritual authority, you know, over the devil and over demonic spirits. You know, he didn't give us authority over people, but he gave us authority over demonic spirits and the devil, praise the Lord. So we're going to talk about that today, and we're going to get more into that. First Corinthians, the second chapter, in the seventh verse, it says, But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princesses of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. You know, if they knew this was Jesus' plan, you know, that he was going to come take the authority back from the devil and Adam surrendered to the enemy, you know, if they knew that he was coming to do that, they wouldn't have even crucified him. They wouldn't have had nothing to do with his plan, you know. But God had a hidden plan. Aren't you glad he had a hidden plan? And he's got hidden things about you. Did you know that? And some of those things would blow your mind if he told you all the things that he, he has hidden about you. And, you know, he tells you a little bit at a time, you know, might show you some big pictures, you know, here and there. But if, if you really knew the full picture, it would blow your mind. Second Corinthians talks about that. And uh, you can look at that. Well, First Corinthians, the second chapter. Oh, that's some beautiful stuff there. Just read down through there. And it talks about that. You know, he has some hidden things, some wonderful things that he wants to do for you. And no, Satan didn't know God's plan, right? He didn't know his plan. Makes it hard to stop the plan if he doesn't know the plan. And he, he can't stop a lot of things that God does because there's a lot of hidden things to him. <laughs> but, you know, because God... He works through his Holy Spirit in you to do the things that he's called you to do. And so, you know, it's important that you listen to the Holy Spirit, be guided by him, you know, work in that plan that God has for you. If he'd known what Jesus was going to he if he'd known that Jesus was going to sow himself and reap many more just like himself, I'm sure the devil wouldn't have crucified him. He wouldn't want anything to do with that. You know, he didn't want a whole bunch more of Christians, little baby Christians, you know, flowing in the earth. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he, he had enough with Jesus, but he didn't want a whole bunch of Christians. They're called little anointed ones. He didn't want that, you know, but he would have stopped that if he could have. Did you, do you understand that? You know, he, he, he didn't want, he wouldn't have wanted him to do that, but God's law teaches sowing and reaping everything with life. There's sowing and reaping. That's God's law. You know, that's not man's law. That's how God does things. You know, whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap, is what the Bible says. Let's look here real quick at him talking about that. When Jesus died on the cross, he sowed himself and reaped many just like himself. He knew what he was doing. He, and this is what he talked about in John, the 12th chapter and the 23rd verse. He says, And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour is come 
that the Son of Man should be glorified. He said, Verily, verily, listen to what he says here. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. Think about that today. That's why it was so hidden, because it's a spiritual law. But it's what God was wanting to do to bring Christians into the earth and bring our authority back. You know, he got the authority back, right, through his bloodline, through the Father and him. And then we were born into that same family, and we received that authority back when he went into the earth and came back up, and he reaped all of us. Uh, think about that today. So he, Jesus had to die to produce you and me as a harvest, the seed of his life. Oh, it's a beautiful story when you think about what Jesus did. Went into the earth and produced, he gave his life, went into the earth, sowed his life, and reaped all of us as Christians. Powerful to think about, but that's how his laws work. Whatsoever man sows, that shall he also reap. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. You say you're running scriptures together, yeah. But that's what he did. He went into the earth. And he came back with Christians, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Let's look at the law here. Galatians 6, 7. This is what I was talking about here. It says, be not deceived. God is not mocked. So he's saying, if you don't believe in this law, if you don't agree with this law, you're mocking God. This is his law. You know, this is how he does things. And it's why a tree out there is right there where it's at. That's why there's plants out there right where they're at. They grow and produce a whole bunch more. You know, a tree may produce a whole bunch of apples or may produce a whole bunch of oranges. It's how God does things. He sows things into the earth and they produce more. He says, God is not mocked for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. You know, and you're, you're in charge of your destiny today. You know, what you sow, what you reap, you know, and Jesus was in charge of his destiny, what he sowed and what he reaped. And, and so it's important. We understand that we're responsible here. He gave us everything we need, all the tools we need for this life. But he also put us in charge of using those tools. And so it's important that we're sowing what we need to sow. So Jesus worked his own law by sowing his own life. Isn't that good? He worked his own law, sowed his own life to reap all of us. Isn't that good to think about? Ephesians 1.5 says it like this. It says, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children, because he wanted, he adopted us into the family. We became Christians, little Christian, you know, little Christ-like is what that actually in the Greek means, little anointed ones. You think about that today, you know, because he sowed his life, he reaped us and adopted us into the family. Well, if you're in his family, you're going to have his authority, right? Being in the family gives you that authority. And that's what we're talking about here is we're getting in more into the fact that we have authority here on this earth, having predestinated us into adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. I like how it says that good pleasure of his will. He wanted you in the family. You know, there's a scripture that says we were accepted in the beloved. Isn't that good to think about today? He accepts you. It doesn't matter what you've done. You know, whatever you've been through, all your past, he accepts you. It doesn't matter what you think you your, your stuff's so bad. You know, you don't know what other Christians have done either. But, you know, he accepts you like you are. He accepts you in the beloved. He's a good father. He's not worried about all the stuff you did. He, he, he sees the potential within you to fulfill a destiny for him and to do the things he wants you to do here on this earth. You know, he adopts you to the family, but he also loves you. You know, I was listening today to a man talk about an experience he had when he went to heaven. He was about eight years old 
And uh, he was talking about how he he was with Jesus and they went around, did these different things in heaven. You know, I don't know if you'll believe that. That's okay. You don't have to believe it. But but he was telling his story and I thought it was a good story. And he was talking about how he got to the river of life there, you know, in heaven. And he they, he was swimming in there with Jesus. Jesus was taking him around eight years old and and uh, he he spent some time in the river of life there. I've actually heard this before, but uh, he was in the river of life and enjoying it. Some people say there when he talked about that, he said, you've got to try You've got to go to the river of life. It's wonderful. It just had a huge impact in his life, you know. But he, the big thing though, that impacted him, though, he was in this river, you know, and he was he was spending time with Jesus and they were splashing each other, just having fun. You know, he's telling it from an eight-year-old perspective, you know, of what it was like to be with Jesus. But he said he realized at that time, he realized that he was his friend, you know. He realized that they could, when he, he would splash, they could have fun. You know, God wants to have fun with you. You know, have you gotten to the place where you're in your relationship with him that you're not having fun like you should be having? He wants to have fun with you. He's splashing and having fun. He said it affected him today. He said, I'm still safe today because he's still my friend. And, you know, your relationship with him should be he's your friend, Right. He's, you're you're adopted into the family. You're adopted children of the family. We're we're family. We're friends and family. You know, think about that today, when you're adopted into the the family of God. Galatians four six says it like this. It says, and because ye are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. But notice what it says. And because ye are sons. So if you're saved today, you're a son. You're adopted into the family. And that's why you have authority, you know, because it flows down from Jesus. You're in his lineage now that you're adopted into the family of God. And you have the authority in this earth over the devil and the demonic spirits. And the Bible talks about that and it talks about it in Ephesians, the first and second chapter there. We're going to get to that. But you have authority over those things. Notice he calls us sons after because you're accepted by Jesus, you know he accepts you. He, he accepts you in the beloved, and he calls you a son. And when you're born into the family, and powerful to think about. Jesus produced a very large harvest, and he sowed his life into the earth. You know something interesting about Jesus is that he is called the Word. You know, you know I don't think some people don't realize that, but he is. He is the Word. He's the spoken Word. That's who he is. Let's look at that. John, the first chapter, the first verse says it like this. It says, in the beginning was the Word. When was he? He was in the beginning. You say, when did that start? In the beginning, <laughs> right? He's always been, right? Jesus has always been. He's the third part of the Trinity. He's the Word. You know, you get the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You know, he's the Word. He's the Word part of the Trinity, and he's always been. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Always been, always been in the beginning. And the third verse says, all things were made by him. So all the stuff you're looking at was made by him. He made everything. You know, even the, the Bible even talks about even this world is held up by the power of his word. God's words are powerful. They, they hold up stuff, hold up your life, cause your destiny to happen. His words cause healing power to work in your body. His words cause destiny to happen for you. Why do you think names are so important? He called him Abraham, father of many nations. You know, you think about that today. What do you 
what are you calling your kids and what are you saying to your kids and what are you saying to your friends? You know, what are you calling those things? You know, words are important. All things were made by him and without him, not anything was made that was made in him was life. And the life was the light of men and the light shineth in darkness and the darkness uh, comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of a life that all men through him might believe. I like that. Aren't you glad that all men through Jesus can believe, believe the father, believe God's here for us, believe God's everything in their lives because of Jesus. He says that we bear witness of the light and, he says that that was come in the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. Think about that. That is wild to think about. He's in the world that he made, yet the world didn't know who he is. <laughs> That's got to be wild, right? But he came into this world because he cared about you. you. You know, he didn't have to come. He didn't have to bring you aid. He didn't have to fix the situation. You know, he gave all authority to Adam, you know. He didn't have to fix it. That tells you how much he loves you. He came himself to fix it. He came to fix it himself for you. He came into his own, and his own received him not. Notice what God says about his word in Isaiah. Let's look at Isaiah here. This is powerful. Isaiah 55, 11, it says it like this. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void. Oh, I love that. Didn't that that's just Man, I love the way God talks. You know, it doesn't return unto me void. It's always going to work. Every time I speak, it doesn't return unto me void. But it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. So his words are seeds, and they prosper, and they become fruitful wherever he sends them. That's powerful to think about. And he is the word. Jesus is the word. And he came into the earth and it produced wherever it was sent. Think about that today. When he went into the earth, came up, produced everywhere it was sent. Wow, powerful. Prosper is interesting. That word prosper there, you can look it up. It means to succeed, means to thrive, means to grow in a vigorous way. I like that. So he said that his words cause things to succeed. They cause things to thrive, cause things to grow in a, in a vigorous way. Isn't that good to think about? You know, he spoke to you something today, whatever he's called you to do. He called, you know, whatever he's spoken to your life about healing, it's prospering on the inside of you. Uh, you know, if he said, I'm on, you're, you're the healed of the Lord, you're the healed of the Lord. It's prospering on the inside of you, you know. It depends, you know. You have to put it in the right environment, of course. You know, you've got to do your part. You know, make sure that you, it's getting water, it's getting light, it's getting the things it needs to have. But His Word does not return void. You know, if if you uh, you know you've heard about Jesus the first time right now, you, you're walking away right now. You know, it's not going to return void. You're, you're never going to forget this experience because once it gets in you, once His words get in you, then they never return void. You always have a hunger when you, when you're going through a challenge. You're like, well, I have to see if this, you know, if this God really does care for me because you've already heard about Him. You know, His Word doesn't return void. So Jesus knew that He'd be in the Word and would grow and produce much fruit. He, of course, He knew He would produce many Christians. You know, by going into the earth 
and give their authority back to them. In that process, he took away the devil's authority, right? He went down to the, took his authority, and he brought the authority back to us. The Colossians 2.15 says it like this, and having spoiled principalities and power, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. <laughs> he spoiled their plans. You know, they're sitting around and they weren't paying good enough attention. He came in there, took everything they had. Think about that, you know, and that's because he it wasn't rightfully theirs in the first, pa- first place. The, the 215 or Colossians 215, the Amplified says it like this. It says, when he had disarmed the rulers and authorities of those spiritual forces of evil operating against us, he made a public example of them. Why would he do that? Well, he he's letting them know this is how we do things. If you're going to steal things from me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn around. I'm going to switch the situation on you. And you're going to wish you didn't do it. Exhibiting them as captives in his triumphant progression, having triumphed over them through the cross. Right? So he 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 whooped them and he took their authority when he when he died on the cross and went into the earth. And when he went down, he he disarmed the devil and all his forces. And this is what it says here in Colossians, the second chapter. I probably should get a drink there. Colossians uh, 2, 15, the message says it like this. He stripped all the spiritual tyrants in the universe of their shame, authority at the cross, and marched them through the streets. <laughs> Think about that today. He stripped them of all their spiritual tyrants in the universe of their shame, authority at the cross, and marched them naked through the streets is actually what it says there. But, you know, he he, he came, he took everything from them, and he took he, you can't picture it like this, you know, like somebody has authority. He took their jacket from them is what he did. Somebody has, you know, cause jackets represent authority. You know, a lot of times, you know, say you're a colonel in the army or a captain of the army, you know, it's like he took their coat from them, their authority, their stripes. And he gave that to us and gave us our authority back. They weren't theirs in the first place. And God gave them back to us. Revelations 1.18 says it like this. It says, I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and death. You know, we were talking a little bit about this on Resurrection Day, just Sunday. But uh, when he went into the earth, you know, because of his resurrection, he gave us the keys of death, hell, and the grave. You know, he he got our authority back from the enemy, which he stole from us. So Revelations 1.17 says it like this. He says, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead, and he placed his right hand on me and said, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last absolute deity, the Son of God and the ever-living one living in and beyond time and space i died but see i am alive forevermore and i have the keys of absolute control and victory over death and of hades the realm of the dead so the right so write the things which you have seen in the vision and the things which are now happening and the things which will take place after these things as the amplified version there you know but he he went he took the enemy's authority back from him is what he did and that's what he's done for you. We're going to talk more about our authority here. But so Jesus was saying he took control of power. He took our authority away from the devil. So, you know, he doesn't have the right to come into your home. He doesn't, he's an illegal alien on this earth. You know, he doesn't have the right to be in your house and to be bugging you all the time and challenging you and, and causing just, you know, strife in your home. He doesn't have that right. 
anymore, but he likes to make you think he does, but he doesn't. He doesn't have that right, you know. He's already been defanged. He's kind of like <laughs> he's kind of like a tiger that's been defanged, you know. He has no bite, but he likes to cause challenges for you and you have to take authority over him. So he came in the illegal way. He didn't come in the legal way like Jesus did. John 10, 1 through 7 says it like this, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth in not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. You know, he came in illegally. He wasn't supposed to be there, not to mention he's an illegal alien on this earth. But, you know, he came in the, the not legal way. You're supposed to come in through a body. I, we call it an earth suit. But, you know, he came in through the legal way. But he that entereth in by the door, that's talking about Jesus. He came in the legal way, came in through Mary, born into a body. His door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porteth open, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calleth his own sheep by name, and it leadeth them out. Think about this today, you know. He says, my sheep know my voice. Did you know even the devil, even when you're you're in sin, you still hear his voice? You know, look at Adam in the Garden of Eden. Remember, he, you know, he, he, he'd fallen, you know, and he, but he calls him. He says, Adam, Adam, and Adam heard him, right? Maybe today you're lost and you've gotten off track in some way, you know, and, but, you know, you can still hear his voice. You can still hear him calling you, you know. I'll never forget, you know, when I rededicated my life to the Lord, I was coming home from a party is where I was coming from. I'd gotten saved about 13 and I was coming home from a party. I, uh, you know, I was out of fellowship with God. I was out living my life the way I wanted to live it. I'll never forget. I was coming home though in this, in my sports car coming home. And I remember forget the Lord speaking to me, you know, now I'm not right with the Lord, you know, at this time. And he's like, why are you living like this? You don't have to live like this. I'll never forget that. I could hear it clear as you, you talking to me today, you know? You know, maybe today you're off track and you're not where you should be. You know, he, you can still hear his voice because he's a good father and he comes looking for you. And he wants you to fulfill the purpose that he has for our life. Well, we're going to talk a little bit more about our authority next week. We got we got kind of working our way there today, but we're going to talk a little bit more about our authority and what we need to be doing with our authority and our position that uh, Jesus has paid for for us. And we're going to get a little bit more into that next week. So let's pray. Father, we just thank you, Father, for your goodness. We thank you, Father, for your mercy. You've been so good to us, Father. We love you, Father. Thank you for taking care of us this week and being so good to us, Father. As we're getting more enlightenment on authority, Father, help us to see it more clearly. Help us to walk in it better. And help us not to put up with the enemy in our lives or the lives of people around us, Father. Help us to take authority over the enemy in our lives, we pray. And, Father, we just ask for it in Jesus' name. And we give you all the praise and we give you all the glory. And we thank you, Father, for it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you don't know Jesus, you need to know Jesus today. You know, the Bible says in Romans 10, 9 and 10, if you confess the Lord Jesus and believe God has risen Jesus from the dead, you shall be saved. Did you know that? Well, you know, just pray this with me, and I believe God will save you right there where you're at. Let's pray right now. Father, I just believe that you've risen Jesus from the dead. Just say that with me. Father, I believe you've risen Jesus from the dead. And Father, I confess Jesus as Lord of my life right now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. If you believe that, I believe you're saved right now. And I believe he's done it right there where you're at today. You know, and what you need to do is write down the time. though It's 6.57 here uh, we're in the fourth month, 20th day, and then 22, and write that down so you don't forget that. So anytime the enemy says, well, you didn't pray that prayer, you can go back and say, I prayed it right here. I'm saved, 
and I'm born again, and I'm in the family of God today. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, we enjoyed our time together. I'm going to check the chat here a little bit, take a few minutes, and if somebody has a question or a prayer request, I'll be glad to answer that for you. We love you. We'll see you. God bless you. We hope that you have a wonderful, wonderful day. If you'd like to contact us for a prayer, praise reports, or offerings, go to jeremiahsmithministries.podbean.com. Thank you for listening.